The Russian armed forces were in a deepening quandary, and there was little that anyone in the Western Alliance wanted to do about it, except for the Germans, who quietly financed the construction of quarters for the troops departing East Germany for Russia, and also supplied the rolling stock to return the troops and equipment. There was talk at Brussels about the possibility of sending a fact-finding committee to examine the living conditions in the army of our former antagonist, but this sputtered out. I discussed the option with the Secretary-General, who was among those who thought something could be done, and with several NATO representatives. There was interest and informal discussion, but the possibility of some form of help while member countries were demanding a reduction in their own defense expenditures was, in the end, non-existent. If a NATO fact-finding committee went to Russia, the representatives said, it would come back with a report that doubtless would call for something to be done, thereby putting us on the spot. My staff observed that once a week a German cargo plane left the airport at Bonn for Moscow, carrying medical supplies and equipment. I discussed the possibility that this suggested that more could be done, but to no avail. Soviet Foreign Minister Eduard Chavanazzi's resignation in December 1990 was another complication. As he left office, he warned that President Mikhail Gorbachev was drifting back toward dictatorship, along with the army, the KGB, and the Communist Party. Gorbachev continued to lose support. From the Wall Street Journal, 13 May 1991. Galvin sees reduced threat. Possible cooperation. General Galvin told the permanent representatives of the 16 North Atlantic Treaty Organization member nations that the West should support the Soviets in coming to grips with their internal problems. Moreover, he said, they should avoid any action that could be misinterpreted as a threat, according to reports of those who attended the meeting. To some surprise, he suggested that NATO and the Soviets may in the future see themselves as friends facing common enemies, rather than as rivals. He suggested that the alliance needed to communicate with the Soviet military on all levels, a tender said. In the interest of a more stable relationship, he questioned the wisdom of continuing the past practice of severing links to Moscow if it acted in ways disagreeable to the West. Then came the head-turning specifics. One idea was to open up one of NATO's most sensitive training schools at Oberammergau in Germany to Soviet and other East European officers. The symbolism wouldn't be missed by Moscow in rooms where NATO officers were once taught how to handle nuclear weapons. Former Soviet enemies would be schooled on matters of mutual interest. NATO has to look at the whole of European security and a good, workable relationship between NATO and the Soviet Union is of primary importance, Galvin said. In the spring of 1991, Gromov became the military assistant to Interior Minister Boris Karlovich Pugo. Boris Yeltsin was elected president of Russia. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution on 13 August noted, General Galvin said he does not anticipate a military coup. If Gorbachev falls, General Galvin was quoted as saying, it will not be military dissension, it will be political competition.